It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Good to talk to you, uh, Doug Mastriano, Senator from Pennsylvania. Find what is going on, his thoughts on the fall of Afghanistan and also what's happening in Pennsylvania. Hey, how's it going? Good morning, sir. How you doing today? Oh, I'm hanging in there. How about you guys? Uh, you know, catastrophe in Afghanistan, huh? That's that's what I'm saying, man. And I, you know, I know you served three tours there, my friend. Uh, and oh, oh, tell me, tell me how you're feeling today. I feel like somebody kicked me in the gut, and you know, and I wasn't wounded or, or you know, in, in action. I can only imagine people like Teddy Daniels, who's running for Congress. You know, he was actually wounded in action in Kunar uh, Province, and. It just, it's really hard to put my mind around this. And, you know, having watched this, you know, as a young person in 1975 and see it repeated in so many ways in our own lifetime, it's like, have we learned anything? It is remarkable to me that we are broadcasting to the entire world. And, and, and by the way, Doug, and I, and I tweeted about this weekend, I said, I said, the American people always support our military. The government does not. Uh, and, and we find many ways to betray our military all the time. Uh, Donald Trump came in. He, he had what I think the best interests of military members at heart when he revamped the VA, among other things, and, and, and really treated the military with respect. And this president has been wrong about every foreign policy issue for as long as in Washington, D.C. He was in Washington, D.C. in 1975 when uh, Saigon fell. And here he is repeating, yep. repeating history. This has got to, uh, to give me an idea of what. Uh, and, and listen, my nephew is thirty-two years old. He served in Afghanistan, saw his best friend blown up beside him. That's awful. He has PTSD, and I, I can't even. He won't even return my phone calls because he's had so much. He's just in us in this world uh, right now with regard to his PTSD, and I just can't imagine how he feels this morning. How how do most soldiers who fought there? feel this morning we feel betrayed our you know our own government with a failed policy and you just ask was it worth it and so your nephew obviously he's not gonna be able to talk to us for, for some months on us here because you know his, his buddy was killed in front of him and that, that's tragic enough but then if the mission was successful then at least there's some justification for it but here we go cut and run and there's going to be a genocide left behind in the aftermath. The, the, the Taliban are—they're they're consolidating their gains. And they're going to go back and they're going to—they're going to do harm to twenty-some thousand Afghans who directly worked with the, the United States of America and supported our mission there. And, and not even talking about the police and Afghan army and the, the government officials and anyone else that was associated with us—they're all at risk. And then uh, you know, so much for women, women's rights because you know now. Young teenage girls are going to be married off, and there's going to be executions of those you know, who aren't compliant with the Taliban way. I mean, it's going to be a complete disaster. And this is not the first time Biden has overseen a catastrophe like this, because uh, in, was it 2014? When we broke, when we left out of Iraq, we just you know, pre- precipitously retreated out of Iraq. And, you know, these missions do have to wind down. I'm not an advocate of staying there forever. But it has to be measured, and you have to take into account the effects of us leaving a security vacuum behind. And, you know, Obama's famous JV team, ISIS, conquered a good chunk of uh, Syria and Iraq, and it was a genocide against the Christian Assyrians, the Christian Chaldeans, the Turkmen, and so many other minority groups. And, and Obama and Biden then turned their back on his people and let them die. We had sex trafficking. It was terrible. It was terrible. And we're going to see that again in Afghanistan. And I'm just really sick and tired of repeating the same mistakes over and over again. 
I want to read a statement from Nancy Pelosi uh, this morning. It says the president is to be commended for his clarity of purpose of his statement on Afghanistan and his action. She said the Taliban must know the world is watching its actions. We are concerned about reports regarding the Taliban's brutal treatment of all Afghans, especially women and girls. How does that make you feel? Yeah, what clarity and where has he been? You know, anytime Donald Trump took a day off to golf or something, you know, we, we heard incessant reporting from CNN that we're in the midst of a, a, a calamity, a tragedy. And and uh, Biden is nowhere to be found. He's in Camp David, supposedly. You know, we saw him sitting alone at a desk with, with people on a Zoom meeting, you know, ostensibly talking about this. Uh, you know, he's absent without leave. He, he's abandoned his post. And, and this, the clarity of purpose, okay. So we cut and run out of Bagram Air Base last month, you know, overnight, literally, and Afghans the next day, like, where do the Americans go? Yeah. L- leaving our equipment behind, and, and, it was, and, then, and then now we're rushing back in a few thousand people. Oh, we, we forgot about all the Americans and, and the other people need to leave now. It's like, what? What, what clarity of purpose is that? It, it sounds like the Keystone Cops. Yeah. But let me ask you, Doug, um, do you suppose that leaving Bagram intact would have been the smart thing to do and, and this would not have happened if that would have if that would have taken place? I believe a few things. I, we needed to keep a small footprint. You know, Donald Trump wanted to get us out of there, but, but his, his withdrawal from Afghanistan was delayed because of the realities on the ground. He, his measured approach was based off of his interaction with the Taliban, and apparently... He told the Taliban officials that, that they were discussing all this. But he says, if you harm any Americans, you know, I'm going to come back and kill all of you. And that, that sounds like Donald Trump. But we needed to keep a footprint in Bagram Air Base because that's where we're collecting intel. That's, of course, where air assets were. Now, you think about 1975, the Congress in the aftermath of Watergate and all that pulled the plug on our friends in South Vietnam. And when the South Vietnamese Army, which is far more professional than the Afghan Army, when they lost American logistics and air support, it collapsed. We, we remember the, the, the tanks coming across from North Vietnam, you know, into Saigon, what have you. Yeah. The same thing almost exactly happened in Afghanistan. The Afghans lost American air support and American logistics, and they cannot hold up on their own, just like in South Vietnam. And as a result, we see this calamity. And now it's the innocent people, the women and children out there in Afghanistan, and the men that supported our mission are going to be uh, executed or abused. And those awful things that we saw in the Kabul Olympic Stadium back in the late 90s when the Taliban were charging, you know, putting AK-47s up ahead of, of the women who were accused of, of something that was offensive, you know, being murdered on, on the soccer field. This is just the beginning of a catastrophe, and Joe Biden owns it. The Wall Street Journal is saying that uh, Joe Biden ordered the Afghanistan withdrawal against warnings from top generals. That is from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, General Frank McKenzie, commander of U.S. forces in the Middle East, General uh, Austin Scott Miller, uh, who led NATO during Afghanistan, and Mark Milley. Mark Milley. I don't care about Mark Milley. Uh, but they all said that uh, are saying that he ruled against their advice. What do you think? Yeah, I find it hard to believe that, that that any of those generals you listed there would not have known it was going to be a catastrophe and a calamity, and the Afghan army could not hold up without our support. And they're so doing, a little, do doing a little CYA. Are they doing some CYA? Yeah, well, I know the I know the Biden administration is they're they're blaming Trump, they're blaming the intel community. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the intel community. I was a part of it for 30 years, and you know, we see how it's been politicized in recent years. It's just really heartbreaking to watch, and it's kind of scary as well. But I find it hard to believe that that anyone in the intel community couldn't see this. I do believe that Biden just decided, you know, 
for whatever reason, to cut and run. And as yeah. a result, we have a calamity. And now, now Keystone cops, we're, we're flying back in several thousand troops <laughs> to try to bring out the people that are trapped there. Unbelievable. Well, let's move on to uh, what's going on. And, buddy, I wish I was still living in Germantown, Maryland, so I could come up to this rally tomorrow in Gettysburg with regard to uh, auditing the vote in Pennsylvania. Tell me what's going on. It's going to be fantastic. And we had to move locations. So some of the posters out there have the wrong address. We can, but we're now at 305 Crooked Creek Road, which is northwest of Gettysburg Town. And we're going to have the famous Senator Wendy Rogers from Arizona speaking. And that's going to be a blast. And she's, she's just arriving today in Gettysburg. So she's going to be the keynote in my mind. We're going to have some uh, local uh, rock stars, uh, Representative Stephanie Borowitz, it was made famous, of course, when she said the, the prayer on the, on the House floor in Pennsylvania. She mentioned Jesus' name uh, several times, and, and the House leaders just like trying to grab her arm and pull her off stage. Yeah, he's a fun. representative Don Kiefer out of York County, uh, Delegate Dan Cox out of Maryland. He's running for governor, and, and he's a, he's a great delegate in Maryland. We got Teddy Daniels, uh, the Purple Heart recipient from Afghanistan, that, that most people in the army know about. He's a great hero, and uh, many others are going to be speaking. Wow, this is going to be fantastic. How, how's the momentum in the state of Pennsylvania? I mean, we've seen fits and starts. We saw Mike Lindell's uh, symposium last week. And, and how's the momentum with, uh, with the people of Pennsylvania with regard to uh, an audit? The people absolutely want an audit. And what we call the forensic investigation here, uh, based off the language of the empowerment that I have as a chair of a standing committee. But uh, it's only growing in Pennsylvania. And I don't know how we can get around this here. You know, everyone, you know, rest assured, I, I'm trying to do everything in my power to get this done here i am limited quite a bit though i do need uh, some more support in the senate to, to push forward it's a it's a very frustrating time because i'm with everyone else it's time to release the subpoena it's time to move forward it's time to get it done and to do it right to find out what happened uh, clearly a lot of things went wrong i don't care what the other side says the, the resistance they have the opposition from my, my governor my attorney general and all, all the hyperbole coming out of their mouths if you got nothing to hide, let's just open up the books. And, and I get it. The counties are waiting for a subpoena. I'd probably do the same if I was them. That's not the issue. The issue is, is moving forward. So keep engaging your senators in Pennsylvania and, and letting them know where you stand on the issue. Well, what I said about the election of, uh, and I, I'm, I'm not afraid to say it, uh, the fraudulent election of Joe Biden is not a matter of what, uh, you know, his presidency. It's a matter of how much, you know, how much damage he can do in up to four years in office. And we've already seen in the first seven months... I I mean, could you even imagine, Doug, how bad it would be? I don't know how you keep a republic if people can't trust the elections. And, and that a forensic investigation or an audit would be controversial or, you know, or break along party lines. We're, we're told that, you know, Joe Biden is the most popular president in American history. <laughs> OK, Democrats, if you really believe that, let's just open up the books and, you know, and verify that things were as good as you say they were. And, and, and instead of ducking and covering and, you know, and attacking people, and demonizing people who just want to have a little bit of oversight, transparency, and accountability, which is my constitutional over uh, power, by the way, uh, in the con- U.S. Constitution, uh, Section 141. Uh, let's just open up the books and get to the bottom of it. A lot of things happened uh, last year in Pennsylvania. A lot of laws were changed by, the, by our state Supreme Court and by the Wolf Administration. 
And so I would I tend to I tend to believe and agree with you that there's a lot of things going cross side and we need to get it right. Well, Doug, here's the thing: for the first time in our history, at least as long as I've been alive, uh, we have three uh, uh, very powerful organizations working to suppress dissent. Okay, you've got the mainstream media, you've got big social media, and the Biden administration, and, and uh, of course, Democrat Party. They are all suppressing dissent. Okay, never before has dissent been called disinformation or misinformation not since the robber barons bought newspapers which at the time were the only real outlet for news and they were able to lie to the american public wholesale without even thinking about it right now the robber barons are running uh, big social media uh they are uh, operating the mainstream media and, and i don't know if you knew this joseph stalin originally came up with the expression uh, disinformatia in 1926 so th- th- this is these are troubling times, Doug. The First Amendment was created for dissent, <laughs> for dissent. Imagine that. It is it is remarkable, Doug. That that you know, and this is what you fought for. You fought for the ideals that are America. What made America great? And so, you know, you you just I'm, don't ever give up. Don't ever give up, Doug. I'm in this fight for the right reasons and. You know, it's a job I never aspired for. I, I saw the need. I saw that we needed somebody that's going to be willing to stand up for constitutional rights and freedoms. It's not the best job I had, unlike so many people that run for office there, and they're like, oh, this is great. I'm going to stay here a lifetime. <laughs> um, that, that was never the intentions, I believe, of our founding fathers. You know, it's more of a necessity and to stay off people's backs but get the job done. And so right now we're in a bad situation in America, and it's time that we don't grow weary doing good. We have to stay the course. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, what time do things start tomorrow in Gettysburg? 6.30 on 305 Crooked Creek Road, just outside of Gettysburg Town. So 6.30 p.m. with Wendy Rogers from, from Arizona and so many other great rock stars in, in the conservative movement. Well, I can't make this one, but I'll make the next one, okay? <laughs> That's a promise, man. Sounds good, brother. Thanks for having me on. God bless. You too, brother. Talk to you soon. See ya. All right, there you go. Uh, Senator, uh, State Senator Doug Mastriano from Pennsylvania with some amazing insights. Consumer prices are way up. June and July, 5.4%. 5% in May. Higher food prices, higher uh, higher gas prices, construction costs, housing prices. Inflation is here. Birch Gold Group offers you an opportunity to hedge against inflation by diversifying a portion of your nest egg into physical precious metals. Yeah. You can even convert your IRA or eligible 401k into IRA-backed gold and silver. You can convert your existing retirement savings that are tied to the stock market into a tax-sheltered retirement account with physical precious metals. It's your hedge against inflation. Contact Birch Gold Group to request a free info kit on physical precious metals. See if diversifying into gold makes sense to you. It's a 20-page kit. Tells you how gold and silver can protect your savings and how you can legally move your IRA or 401k out of stocks and bonds and into precious metals. Yeah. To get your no-cost obligation kit, just text Newsmax to 989-898-989-898. For a limited time, see how you can qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals on your purchase. Text Newsmax to the number 989-898. Let's get uh, Rob Finnerty on the phone. Rob Finnerty hosts uh, Wake Up America on Newsmax. He's great. I've, I've known him for a few years. He worked in Kansas City for a while before he stepped up and got a job at Newsmax Likes Me. Let's see what uh, he has to th- say about all of this. 
Hi, this is Rob. Rob Finnerty, Rob Carson, how are you, sir? Carson, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Oh, buddy, I'm just uh, making it by this week. Uh, it was a little harder for me to be funny on the uh, podcast and on the TV show this week, but we're able to do it. Uh, when you look at what has happened <laughs> since last Friday in Afghanistan, it's just, it's breathtaking. As somebody who's, you know, live anchoring this stuff, how has your week been? You know, I've been at this a long time, and I've never, put it this way, we're going to be objective on Wake Up America. We're objective at Newsmax. The problem that I, that's happening right now, but I, I have to admit, I, I didn't see it playing out this quickly. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's, I think it's very telling that what we all sort of thought could happen is actually happening. Now, take that yeah. picture, for example, yeah. of Joe Biden alone in the Situation Room. Mm-hmm. Go back to May second, two thousand eleven. Robert O'Neill shoots Osama bin Laden in the head. Bin Laden uses his wife, uh, one of his wives, as a human shield, yeah. uh, and throws her toward. O'Neill and O'Neill's able to get a shot off and shoots him right right in his forehead. Uh, Bin Laden said, "You look at that famous picture of Obama in the Situation Room. He's surrounded by everyone." Yeah. Rewind the clock up two years ago. Donald Trump's in the Situation Room. Who's right next to him? The Vice President, yeah. the Defense Secretary. This picture of Biden is troubling to me. Um, I think what could be happening here is they are going to pin this disaster on Joe Biden and then invoke the 25th Amendment. The problem with that is that means that Kamala Harris becomes president, and that's not any better. I think this is – you're absolutely right, Rob, and I think you're one of the few people who it's kind of went ding. Uh, There's something going on. He is staying at Camp David. Uh, He has uh, come in a couple times today. He didn't even address Afghanistan. He came and talked about masks on kids, and Kamala Harris is nowhere to be seen. She's going to Vietnam, and then she's going on to Singapore. I don't doubt this, uh, Rob, and, and I've thought from the get-go, he's never going to make it to 2024. Uh, I don't think physically, mentally, he's going to make it to 2024. And I've always questioned Carson, whether— Carson, Carson, I'm, I'm, I'm being totally honest. This yeah. is a man that he would not be legally allowed to be somebody that could deliver your mail yeah. at age 78. Yeah. Uh, this is somebody that if he were your grandfather and he were not the president of the United States and the leader of the free world, you'd probably take away his keys yeah. because you wouldn't want him driving. I don't say that to be mean. I, no. went through, I had two grandfathers that had Alzheimer's disease. And we took away my grandfather Pop's keys when he was 80 years old because he got lost coming home from church. True story. Yeah. Uh, this is something I think you would do with Joe Biden. And today he is going back to Camp David. Yeah, and also I want to mention the, the only time he addressed Afghanistan was on Monday, and he did it at 3.45 in the afternoon. The biggest foreign policy story in decades, uh, the most humiliating withdrawal and defeat by the United States in recent memory other than Vietnam, and he comes in and does a presser at 3.45 in the afternoon. And even then, he didn't take questions. And I was talking to Emerald Robinson, and she said she believes that the reason he didn't take questions is he's just not able to at this point. Yeah, I think the, the wheel's turning with the hamster's dead. His handlers will not allow him to take questions uh, because when he goes off script, he gets himself and the administration in the trouble. But this situation and this, this sycophantic interview he had with uh, – Bill Clinton, former staffer, George yeah. Stephanopoulos on ABC. Yes. Yes. Don't forget, that's his buddy. Yeah. Uh, and Stephanopoulos, I mean, he asked, everyone says, oh, he asked great questions. He didn't ask great questions. He asked obvious questions. Yes. This is probably the biggest international crisis we've had since 9-11. We're 23 days away from the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks. The timing couldn't be worse. He tried to blame some of this. And Jen Psaki did the same thing on Donald Trump. Here's the thing. 
you are the commander in chief. You said Monday at 345 that the buck stops with you. So you can <laughs> find Donald Trump may have had withdrawal plans in place, yes. just like JFK didn't have to go forward with the Bay of Pigs. And that was a disaster for him. April 61. You didn't have to go forward with this this absolute debacle of a withdrawal plan. You know, we're getting close to the 20th, which will be the seven month anniversary of, uh, of Inauguration Day. I'm telling you, um, look at the situation at the border. Mm-hmm. 212,000 crossings in July. That's a month that's typically the lowest or second lowest of the calendar year just because of the heat. You know, it's triple digits along 90% of the border right now. Yeah. Um, we, we've got people forget about Cuba, right? Any yeah. other week, Haiti would be the biggest global story right now. Yeah. Um, they had a president that was assassinated. They had a, an earthquake, 2,000 mm-hmm. plus are dead that we know about. Yeah. Um, and they're dealing with uh, tropical storms right now. So they have to stop the recovery effort. We barely touched that on Wake Up America because there's just too much going on with Afghanistan. Well, I just think that many of us have doubts about the 2020 election. We were very frustrated that uh, the mainstream media, big social media, the Democrat Party would not allow dissent, uh, would not allow dissent on masks, do not allow dissent on the vaccinations or or even the WHO's uh, you know line on COVID. But this was it. This is too much. And not only with us, but also our NATO allies. They're like, hey, you know, you you stabbed us in the back, too. Yeah. And they, we keep hearing that this is going to be this is the new Taliban. Um, this is a Taliban that's going to be humane and that's going to be more inclusive uh, when it comes to how they treat women. The Taliban literally are they will stone a woman to death who's raped and say it's because of infidelity. They will cut off a woman's fingers if she's wearing nail polish. They just... Uh, shot a woman dead who refused to wear a burqa uh, a couple days ago in, in the streets of Kabul. And Kabul, by the way, you know, that's the capital city of Afghanistan, it's a city of five million people. I'm not going to say it's a cosmopolitan city. It by no means is. But we're talking about a, a major, major hub in this airport, Kabul airport. What's going on there would be like it happening at LaGuardia. Um, that's how big an airport this is. Uh, and the fact that they evacuated the military and gave up Bagram Airfield uh, before getting American civilians yeah. These 10,000 people that Lloyd Austin was talking about this week, these are civilians. These are Americans that were trying to make Afghanistan a better place, and they have no way out. Yeah. And the worst part about it is the U.S. military has no way to get them out. There's no plan in place, no contingency. But the, How scary is that? But the thing is, Rob, and, and of all of the things we're looking at here, we're looking at the worst possible scenario that any person who served in Afghanistan or had a loved one served and come back injured or uh, has PTSD or didn't come back at all. We're looking at the worst possible scenario, the, the nightmare scenario for their sacrifice coming to realization in front of their eyes. And that's where I think this is going to be the end of it for this administration, at least this president, and certainly many of the higher-ups of the State Department and the military. I don't know how somebody hasn't been fired or resigned. I don't know how General Milley hasn't, you know, passed in his papers yet to the Oval Office to, to you know, tender his resignation. It's just, it's a very, very scary time. And I think that the American people, uh, who largely have been unaware of what's been going on, partially because it's been the first summer we've had in a couple of years that people can get out and enjoy. But now they're, you know, they're coming home, kids are going back to school, and uh, people are watching TV again, and, and they're watching the news, and they're like, wait a second, you know, we elected this guy for calm. We elected this guy as the antidote to some of the madness that, that people claim we had. 
when Donald Trump was president. I'll tell you what, and this is, you can say that this might be the, the, the Newsmax take. It's not. This is the American take. If Donald Trump were president right now, this would not be happening in Afghanistan. 100%. Right 100%. Like 100%. Not, no way. There's no question about it. There's no, there's no debate or question about it. Interesting time to be a journalist, and I think some gigantic shifts in the country are coming literally within the week or two. So, listen, thanks for the time. I do appreciate it, my friend. Up the good work, bud. We'll talk soon. Things have changed since the Sony Walkman. Remember that back in the 80s and you'd put the headphones over your ears and you'd go out and you'd walk around everything and, you you know, the, the, the battery in your Walkman would last a couple hours. Well, now there are earbuds and lots and lots of them out there. Raycon wireless earbuds are exceptional. Why? Well, because they have a 32-hour battery life so you can listen to what you want, when you want for a really long time, like this podcast. Yeah. Sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up. Maybe you need something to kind of meditate, clear your head. Kids are making noise in the background. Raycon started half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycon's come with a 45-day happiness guarantee. So you really can't lose. Give them a try, and you will see what I mean. I promise you. Check this out. Go to buyraycon.com slash Newsmax and get 15% off your Raycon order. Okay? Buyraycon.com slash Newsmax to save 15% on Raycons. Again, buyraycon.com slash Newsmax. Let's give Emerald Robinson a call, shall we? See what she's up to this morning. Hello. Hey, good morning, Emerald. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How about yourself? I'm good. I, I got to tell you, uh, as the weeks progress, things get more chaotic. And as the weeks progress, we realize that uh, we have a man in the White House who clearly is not up to the task. Uh, now it's the uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan. Um, I heard this morning that Biden was beginning to remove the military. And we it sounds like we're going to leave a lot of Americans behind. What's the latest that you've heard? I mean, it certainly sounds that way. I will tell you that in talking to an official yesterday, uh, off the record, but now I can talk about it more because I think they're more openly saying it in a a certain way, is that they're not necessarily saying that they're open to extending the deadline once we get closer to August 31st, but that's the way they definitely feel. They feel that if they get there and they don't feel like they've gotten the majority of people out, then the president will say we need a couple more days or, you know, so many more days. Well, this is, it sounds a little bit more like the same that they've done. They, they withdrew all the troops, left our uh, Americans there, then had to send troops back in. Now Joe Biden is saying we will be out by the 31st, and he's going to go back on the 31st and say, yeah, we need, to, we need some more time. I don't think that's going to play very well with the Taliban, do you? That is the, the unknown. It does not seem that it would. They've been pretty adamant. They're also not very happy with the U.S. for taking lots of Afghan refugees out of the country. And I think that that's probably an issue that's not getting enough attention, not because the Taliban is saying that. But there's a lot of complaints that interpreters who help the U.S. troops, our troops, are not getting out and they would be one slated for removal or would be eligible. So the question is, who are the thousands of Afghans that we're removing? Would they have qualified under this SIV visa? There does not seem to be any kind of real vetting going on. In fact, they're sort of just handing out uh, visa applications 
like candy. That's not what Jen Psaki said yesterday. She said there was an extensive vetting process. <laughs> really? That she could not explain. And uh, look, it's Afghanistan. Most uh, of the people there don't even know, or I don't know if most, but a lot of the, the, the Afghan colleagues they worked with didn't even know their birthdays. There's not the same kind of, you know, paper trail that we have in the United States, the same kind of documentation where you can verify someone. We have already found someone who was uh, was extracted from there, who was on the do not fly list. There are a lot of concerns. Also, just in general, and it's so taboo to talk about, but there are cultural differences as well. So in some ways, the U.S. there had to make a deal with the devil, right? Yeah. You had to work with some pretty unsavory characters to counter the Taliban. And that included, um, you know, CIA providing Viagra to warlords and and people, wealthy men who were involved in what they call Bashabazi, the Afghan dancing boys, where they would oh. uh, force them into sex slavery. And the U.S. military was told to turn a blind eye to that. And we get very upset about the fact that the Taliban it targets young women and kidnaps them and forces them into marriage. But we were also, you know, in bed, essentially, with those kind of characters who were abusing young boys who were getting kidnapped. So when we look at this situation, it's so nuanced. And I feel like our media doesn't do a good job of presenting the complexities of the situation. It's either it's all this or it's all that. My biggest disappointment is that so many women in that country have been led to believe for the last 20 years that they can do things, that they can be out in the open, that they can. One, uh, there was a 27-year-old uh, female, the first mayor uh, of a town in Afghanistan, and she said she's just waiting now to die. As the father of a 16-year-old daughter, if I was in Afghanistan, I would have to put a mark above my door to show that I had an unmarried woman between 12 and, and 45 years old. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, they'd come in and kill all of us. But they could take my daughter at any time. This is so ungodly awful. And, and that the United States would allow that to happen and leave Americans is just uh, so uh, absolutely aggravating for me. I, I just I don't even know what to say. Well, and here's the thing. It appears in talking to former Trump officials who were working on this, this withdrawal, this plan, and especially the refugee fallout. They had a more concise plan to deal with the refugee situation, and that involved putting them, you know, helping them get to other safe countries where they might integrate better. I also talked with someone who helped, you know, bring some of the interpreters and refugees here, and he said it's very surprising to them. It's a, you know, life is different here than they expect because they believe that when they come to America as a refugee that they're going to get a job with the government. And then they get here and they find out that they're working, you know, in a lumber yard or in some kind of service job. And sometimes they end up not being very happy. So the Trump administration was actually trying to address that aspect of it as well, which wow. I haven't I haven't really heard anybody talk about. Now, you're very uh, close to the situation in Washington, D.C., and other media members. It appears that uh, there's still a fair amount of outrage uh, with regard to some other media outlets. What is the feeling you're getting from other reporters uh, with regard to uh, Joe Biden and uh, and what he's done with Afghanistan? I mean, they seem pretty ready to can him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, they're faced with the conundrum of Kamala Harris, who is— oh. So immensely unpopular. If 
Kamala Harris was any more popular and if she polled any better on people thinking she was competent to be president, you would see an even stronger push against Biden right now in the media. Yeah. But at this time, it's they want to, but they just don't feel that they can. <laughs> that's 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 a really great uh, you know uh, choice you have there between the you know the lesser of two evils, and I think they're both about the same level of evil, to be quite honest. So it's out of the frying pan into the fire with regard to her. Um, one other thing, and obviously this is resonating, the nation is outraged. We went from 2001, uh, September the 11th, to uh, actually going back September the 10th. Now the Taliban has $85 billion worth of weapons they own, yeah. have, have more control over the entire country. So it, it really, it's like we wrapped up Afghanistan, put a bow on it, and gave it back to the Taliban and made things even worse after 20 dang years. I mean, you gave them gifts. You gave them the housewarming gifts. It's like a housewarming shower (laughs) for the Taliban. I I think that just, that right there is just, that is unfathomable to me. That's what I kind of, I, and I was talking to a veteran last night and I asked him, you know, how do you feel about leaving all of that weaponry and vehicles? And the count grew over the last couple of days as the government watchdog really accounted for it. Yeah. It was like 75,000 vehicles. Dear Lord. All of that that just aids them in their campaign. And look, there's the rank and file and there's the military leadership. And those are two totally different entities in so many ways. And, you know, the rank and file and the, the men who went on the ground there, they they can't believe that that is happening. Yeah, and I think you're seeing it reflected in the, the latest poll numbers, Joe Biden, at 41%. Yeah. And, and then on top of that, this weekend on Newsmax, uh, Donald Trump's speech got 5 million viewers. Unbelievable. Well, I will say, though, yeah, that was amazing. Wow. I mean, Trump always is, you know, hey, he's a ratings boon, and, the, and, and CNN and MSNBC are really finding that out. And they've <laughs> taken a hit because of uh, the, not getting to cover Trump 24-7. But I do want to point out, and I think sometimes we can't get skewed in the coverage because I think a, a lot of conservative media are really, really taking this opportunity to hammer Joe Biden. And there's so many things you can you can hammer him on, and this is certainly one of them. But also a lot, a lot of responsibility lies with the Pentagon and the military because yeah. we could have already have withdrawn from Afghanistan under the Trump administration, which would have handled it in a very different way. Yeah. And Pentagon officials actually bragged before Congress that they drugged their feet and was able to stall that. Wow. So a lot of the, the blame lies within the Pentagon and the Department of Defense for dragging their feet and having it happen under the Biden administration, yeah. which then handled it very poorly. Yeah, I just, uh, I've, I've got an expression that I like to say, it's time to drain the swamp, pave it over, and start over again. It seems like every every part of our government is corrupt right now, from the Defense Department to the FBI to the CIA to the IRS. It's just unbelievable, and this is so heartbreaking. I just really think this is the straw that broke the camel's back as far as the Biden administration. Uh, by I do- think so, too. I think, I think that we're done. We're just quite finished, quite finished. You can't do this after all we've been through for the last 20 years. I mean, you were in high school 
when uh, 9-11 happened. I was a... a new... Almost. I was a freshman in college. Okay. I was a uh, new father. <laughs> all right. In my early 30s. And I just can't believe all of the charities that have been created and all of the fundraisers I did with Walter Reed and, and Fisher House and all of the track wheelchairs that I've given away and all of the, the service dogs I've given away with charity. And now, after all of this, after all the blood, the toil of Gold Star families, we are giving Afghanistan back and we're making the Taliban more uh, powerful. It's just, it's a damn shame. And it's just... I think America, you've crossed the line, Mr. Biden. You've crossed the line. And you know what will really cross the line further for people and what would put the nail in the coffin? Yeah. Is if we start seeing the Taliban, if they get upset and they start parading American hostages. Amen. Yeah. That is what the Biden administration is in fear of right now. Well, listen, that's what we've got. I mean, welcome back, Carter. You've got out of control inflation, gas lines, and the next thing we have is going to have is going to have a, a hostage crisis. I wouldn't doubt that one little bit. Carter Emer- on crack. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. Listen, thanks for joining me today. Have a glorious week. Always great to have you on. Thanks, Rob. It's so great to talk to you. All right, see you, Mike. Emerald Robinson with some insight that you will not get anywhere else. Have a glorious day. I hope you've had a good time. I know I have. Um, God bless our military, uh, both with us and departed. God bless Gold Star families and Afghan veterans, first responders, and of course you. And until tomorrow, do not catch the stupid death. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.